Are you listening? Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Arch. I think that's what we're still calling this. Am I right? Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah, it's been a long time. As you know, we're kind of rebooting all of our podcasts right now, especially the Real Report and Inside the Arch. And this is where we talk about jazz basketball. And this used to once upon a time be my area of expertise. It is no longer. This is now more Tyson's thing than mine. I know. For all of you people that have known me for all those years, you would have never thought this would ever happen. But here we are. So, I mean, I'm Spencer. And I'm Tyson. And let's do this. Let's get this episode out there and start over again. Yeah, another starting over. We're rebranding, much like the Utah Jazz. Um, So here's here's the situation. I I just want to make this totally clear for everybody. You will never, ever, ever be able to um, claim homerism on this podcast uh, because while we're covering the jazz, neither of us are really fans of the jazz. Like Spencer <laughs> used to be a mega fan and then uh, it's kind of faded away, but kind um, of. And I'm a fan of, I'm a Celtics fan. And so, like, we're doing this out of pure interest and because it's, it's Utah related. So I just want to make that clear. So you guys don't think I'm over here trying to push the jazz as like a narrative. I'm not going to be a homer. I'm not even going to know what's going on. (laughs) No, no. And that's, that's Uh, a beautiful part about this. So like, I'm not going to be a homer at all because I don't, I'm going to homer for the Celtics. That's who I'm going to homer for. Not the jazz. I'll pay enough attention to make a podcast out of it. (laughs) Which is more than, more than you would think, but not as much as you would also think. Yeah. I'd rather watch some of it. I'd rather watch some soccer, hockey, and playoff baseball. Ooh, speaking of hockey, how about them Golden Knights going up 3-0 and then letting the Kraken back in? Yeah, and then still winning. Yeah. Which, by the I way, mean, the, their goal shouldn't have been allowed. I don't know if anybody watched it, but that goal that Mark Stone won. totally kicked in, shouldn't have counted. Yeah, shouldn't have counted. Frauds. Oh, well. Win's a win. Kraken's jerseys were sick, though. Yeah, they were. Anyways, I don't know why All we're right. talking about hockey on a basketball podcast, but whatever. Because it's an icebreaker. Get it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you you get it? Okay. All right. So where do we begin, Spence? Loser game show sound. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, where do we begin? Well, we have Jazz preseason checkup. As far as I know, they're two and two. I know they lost their first two, I believe, and then won their last two. Yeah, Um, yeah. The first two are especially, um, like, if everybody wants to discount preseason basketball, as they should. But if you're going to discount games, especially discount the first two, we had like five two-way guys on our team. Yeah, preseason preseason basketball is literally only for the guys pretty much that are trying to make the roster and are trying to get two-way deals. And, you know, some of those guys might end up with contracts on maybe like the G League team, the Stars. Otherwise, the uh, – well, and I guess you can kind of get a a little bit of some minutes for new signings, try and kind of assimilate them into the lineups before the actual season starts. But yeah, the preseason doesn't serve a whole lot of purpose. Right. You remember so when it used to be like eight or, t- eight or ten games? <laughs> Golly, that was way too much. Uh, I it remember. Was like, oh, when's the season going to start next year? It was, uh, That's what it felt like. I don't know if you remember this, but 20... Oh, shoot. I think it was 2011 that the Jazz went 8-0 in the preseason. And then that was the year that Darren Williams ended up getting traded. Jerry Sloan quit and Phil yeah. Johnson quit. Yeah. And yeah. we ended up missing the playoffs. <laughs> 
No, because I remember people saying like, wow, that's actually a, you know, everybody wants to get rid of the preseason, but this is actually a very important uh, preseason. And yeah, they did nothing. The Jazz are poised for championships. And even when, even when the faster. season, even when the season started after an undefeated preseason, we were like a six seed and when we traded Darren and then we just fell completely off a cliff. Mm-hmm. So preseason means nothing. That was, that was my point of that. Right, right. No, and it's like, yeah, the preseason shows us a few things, and that's why we're going to be focusing on a few things. And one of the few things I want to look at were new signings. Um, and for us, that means Eric Pascal and Hassan Whiteside as Rudy Gay, who is a new signing but is still out with an injury. Um, Eric Pascal, who we got from the Warriors, is leading the team in minutes. Yeah, not average per game, but in total minutes. He's played the most game minutes out of any Jazz player during the preseason. And he's looked pretty good. I mean, he looks confident. He looks comfortable. Um, he looks like somebody that wants to be on the Jazz. I've seen a couple interviews with him where he's uh, already joking about how Donovan Mitchell is the worst um, Call of Duty player on the team. Oh, yeah. Aren't they like high school team. buddies or college friends yeah. or something? Yeah, they, they grew up in the same neighborhood. Okay, that's um, what it was. I knew they were buddies somehow, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, at yeah, least no, it's, and it's, yeah, it's good. Yeah, no, and they've already gotten off to pick up right where they left off. I remember they did a jersey swap last year when they played. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of fun to watch him play because um, he looks like he's having fun, and that's a good thing. He's averaging a 51% field goal percentage, which, I mean, he's only taking like, I think, four shots a game or eight shots a game making four. But like, hey, there you go. That's the something you can get that's fun. And defense is good. Yeah. The product, the stats, but like the fact that he's played the most minutes and he's looking happy doing it, uh, shows a lot about how big of a role he's gonna have. I feel like they're kind of testing the waters with him a little bit. Um, but he is so far looking really comfortable with it. Okay, so real quick, do you wanna just give a short rundown again on Eric Pascal? Because you cut out real bad and got super uh, like choppy. Oh, no. So just just a quick oh, like recap no. of that. We'll edit it out, or we can just leave it in there for fun. I don't know, but <laughs> no, edit it out. I don't want to force people to listen to it. But yeah, I just got a little choppy. Okay. But anyways, you're basically saying Eric Pascal has performed pretty well and is shooting the ball well with limited field goal attempts. And yeah, I mean, I'm assuming he's going to be a decent part of the rotation. That would be my I think assumption. He'll be probably, yeah, he could be a sixth man. I mean, I guess Clarkson's going to be our sixth man, so he'll be the seventh man. I'm trying like, to think uh, who did imagine. we who did we even lose? I honestly don't know. I feel like it's the same team as last year. Um, it, did I miss something? Is. I mean, we didn't lose. We didn't really lose anybody important. Um, we lost Ilya Sova. We lost who never played. Sova we lost that Millsap. Matt Thomas guy who never played. Um, Millsap. What? Yeah, we lost Millsap. Millsap. What are you talking yeah. about? We lost Millsap like eight years ago. <laughs> no, he was last year. Uh, no, Paul Millsap was like 2013. <laughs> no, he, he was on the team last year. No, he was on the Nuggets last no, year. I, no, he was not. Derek, Fav- Derek, Derek Favors was on the team last year. <laughs> Paul Millsap is <laughs> now on the Nets. Oh, where's Paul Millsap? They, the Nets. No way. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, breaking news. 
<laughs> Breaking Dolly. news. Yeah, that was he mad. is on the nets. And apparently, according to Twitter two hours ago, he already has six of the nets 12 rebounds in tonight's game. Yeah, yeah. No, he's a... Uh... <laughs> He's over there. I was like, what do you mean? No, of course. There's the ex-Jazz power forward that was on the team last year that we lost for a couple years to another team, and now he's back. No, Derek Favors was the Yeah, that was lost. Derek Favors. Yeah, now he's on okay. Oklahoma City or something. But yeah, Paul Millsap's on the net. Yeah, Breaking news, more. everybody. I had no idea. I thought yeah. he was out of the league. <laughs> no, no, he's he's still there. The Nets are Patty Mills is on the Nets, too, if you didn't know. Oh, my um, gosh. What are the Nets Marcus doing? Marcus Aldred is back from... Lamarcus Aldridge is back from back from the dead back there. Man, is their average age of that roster like forty? <laughs> no, that would be the Lakers. Um, all right, at least Lakers and Nets are probably like guys. the oldest teams because like all those guys are clocking mm-hmm. in at like mid thirties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Holy or, or cow. late thirties. <laughs> these guys are freaking okay. old. Okay, and well, now Speaking I know somebody being still old. In the league. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to say something that's going to blow your mom mind. Hassan Whiteside who is newly signed to the jazz, right? I was, you know, doing my research and looking up stuff and they're like veteran Hassan Whiteside on the jet. Then I was like, veteran, what do you mean veteran? He's been like the league for like five years. Hasn't you know, it been like 10? It's been 10. It has been 10 whole years. <laughs> I remember when he was the hot young thing in Miami and we were like, Oh wow, this is going to work out so well. It wasn't even like, was it even Miami? It might've been pre Miami. It might have been pre-Miami. I just remember he had his best season on Miami, and then he was bouncing. Oh, it was Miami. It was like his second and third year in Miami. It was like his fourth and fifth year in the league, and then uh, everyone's like, man, this is what a center should look like, and then it completely petered out after that. Right. right. I mean, not completely petered out. His career averages are still 13 points, 11 rebounds, which is a double-double, but – Right, but it will. It looked like it was going to be thirteen points, eleven rebounds, thirty-seven blocks. It looked like you so. were going to get more of like a, I think like of a Gobert that you're getting, but his defense was mm-hmm. never as good as Gobert's was. I think you were more looking at like a, like a less athletic Dwight Howard, yeah. um, in his prime. But either way, he's on the Jazz. He's rebounding well. Um, for his tenth year, I guess he's pretty used to it because I thought he'd been in the league for thirty-six seconds. Um, it looks like he's just kind of figuring out the scheme as being Gobert's backup and uh, kind of coming in off the bench to to pick up where Favors, not Millsap, where Favors left off. But I mean, <laughs> so lost. Yeah, I was like, I was oh, like, dude, um, I know we're talking about a rebrand, but Millsap played like three logos ago. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I get Derek Favors and Paul Millsap confused all the time, um, but I do not get Mehmet occur. Uh, confused with anybody shout out to memo he's my favorite all-time jazz player and always will be yep sorry joe Ingles. okay moving on donovan mitchell uh is goofing around and it looks a lot like a lot of fun um it, you remember when harden i don't know if you remember this or not but harden last year uh, or maybe it was two years ago before the preseason he did that one-legged jumper thing mm. do you remember that nope so, think so so he did a, a new step back where he just was on one foot when he shot it, and he did that in the preseason like three or four times, and I was like, ah, oh, this is nuts. Uh, that's like what Mitchell's doing right now. Like he's not unveiling any sort of crazy move, but he's like lofting up like mid-range floaters like from the charity stripe and like just going right up to the rim and like just kind of taking advantage of preseason nobody wants to get hurt defense and oh, just yeah. kind of slamming it or or just – lofting the ball in there and so it looks fun he's he's averaging like 
20 points, but off of like barely 40% shooting, um, which is an indicator of how much he's uh, just goofing around because against preseason defense, like if he actually was trying, he would be able to score a lot more, but he's giving preseason effort. Um, and as far as Gobert, so Mitchell and Gobert, are obviously a Jazz two best player um, players, yeah. but Gobert, now Gobert had a 19 point and 19 rebound game against the Pelicans, which was kind of fun. Um, because, you know, it's Gobert, and seeing him score that many points was cool, but I don't think the ball left his hand uh, further than two feet away from the rim the whole game. I don't think it has um, for 99% of his career in, like, the eight years he's been no. in the league. <laughs> no, and and this is especially uh, frustrating for many Jazz fans because you're like, oh, yeah, let's get all five players involved in the offense was, like, the Jazz's idea, and it's like, Gobert, just stand there, and I guess if you become open, you become open. Like, just swear about defense, I guess. But um, they were playing against the Bucks last night, and Giannis was pulling up and hitting all these mid-range jumpers and stuff, and like spin move away into mid-range shot and stuff. And I was like, maybe Gobert's gonna try something like that. Nope, two two foot hook, like thirty-seven times. <laughs> so, well. That was He's that. still probably the best defensive player, at least in, on the interior. So at least there's that. And the interior, best interior defensive player, except for probably Giannis. Uh, either they're one and two. Anyways, we know what Gobert's going to be and what he's going to do. I was kind of hoping that we'd see something kind of new, kind of fresh form uh, from him. But I think we've haven't. all kind of wanted a little bit of that extension of his range for five years, and it just hasn't ever come. So I don't think it's ever yeah, going to. Well, not, e- not even like a mid-range jump shot. I'm thinking like a eight-foot hook or a six-foot hook instead of a two-foot hook. Um, but it's not going to happen. It, it's it's wishful thinking. Uh, he's too old to reinvent his game, and he's not even old yet. Um, but <laughs> yeah. speaking of age, so we've got Jared Butler and Udoka Azubuki. 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 Yeah. I couldn't. No, I, I hear the announcers say it different every single time I'm watching a game, too. <laughs> um, they're playing out of our young guys. So Udoka, this is his uh, going into his second year in the league. And he didn't even, league. like, play last year, so. No, so this is his first real uh, real Maybe. chance with the team, it looks like. Yeah. Maybe. But he's playing probably the best out of all of our kind of, like, on the fringe guys. He's playing really well. And then Jared Butler was drafted this year, and he's – doing really good he's leading the team in scoring per game um which obviously doesn't mean a whole lot but he's also leading in assists and that's because jared butler is a proficient passer i mean he's yeah he's doing pretty well i mean i'm looking at the preseason stats and like you said like we've mentioned it's preseason and like whoop-de-do if you you know whatever you do in the preseason but 18 points and he's shooting like 50 percent from the field i mean his his three-point percentage is got percent that's like below league average at this point but I mean, making 7.3 out of 15 field goals is, is pretty good because that's a pretty large, hefty amount of jumpers yeah. that he's taken or shots that he's taking per game, and he's shooting almost mm-hmm. 50%. So Yeah, and they're kind of green lighting him because, you know, like like we need to see, you know, we need to get him adjusted to game time speed, NBA speed and all that. They always say the speed of the game is different. And um, so now, like, let's give him green light. Let's shoot, see what you can do. And he's doing about as good as we could have hoped. I mean, probably better than we could have hoped. 
I think it's good too uh, because I know it just seems like the last handful of years that the Jazz have drafted guys or brought in undrafted players or G League uh, guys on two way contracts. They never really seemed to get a chance, even in preseason, even in things like that. And then they wouldn't do well in summer league. I mean, Tony Bradley was like 18 when we drafted him or 19 and now he's gone and was here for three years and never developed like nothing ever happened to him he never changed I mean I know we like drafted Nigel Williams Goss and then said go play overseas and then he came back and then he never played and then he was off the team so it's kind of nice to hopefully see Jared Butler actually get into the rotation because I'm kind of tired of seeing all these end of roster guys that you're hoping can be contributors um but at least to the public eye, they never get the chance to uh, prove, you know, prove their worth. I'm sure they're doing stuff in practice and I'm sure, you know, some of the guys are performing better than others. And then when they're off the team, you're like, Oh, well, I guess, you know, I never really knew who he was anyway. I don't even know what Jersey number he wore because he played two games and was on the team for a year. But I think it's kind of nice that hopefully Jared Butler can fit into the rotation. And I think he can because of the loss of, uh, who did we lose? Niang. And I know mm-hmm. Niang was like a non-factor in the playoffs. And our, no, no, that, that's that's but... a compliment. He was he was a huge detractor in the in the playoffs, like like horrifically bad. Like it looked like he was playing in a Clippers jersey half the time. So um, I... with his shot selection and, and his passing. But I'm hoping he gets the minutes. But I know like getting rid of somebody like Niang might just be filled by somebody like Rudy Gay. So I'm hoping they can find some minutes for Jared Butler. No, because here's the thing. I'd like about to Butler. see him play after what he did at Baylor. Right. And Butler can do two things really well. He can shoot really well and he can pass really well. And in a jazz scheme where all we're doing is passing and shooting for offense, I think that he should be able to make things work. I mean, honestly, like look, the Jazz have realized, oh, if we take a lot of threes, we're gonna make a lot of th- you know, and we're going to score a lot more points than if we just keep passing it into Gobert, for example. And so they're, de- <laughs> yeah. they're dedicating a lot more of their offense to these, you know, pass and cut threes and these, you know, the, they always call it um, rotation uh, passes where you're, you know, kicking it to the top of the key and back out to the corner and then cut and pass out to the middle, you know, like they do all that tornado style play. And Butler would work excellently in there. And he's a good ball handler too. So he can do some, you know, addition or uh, drive and dish type stuff. And he can, he can make this work in the jazz offense. And I wonder, here's what I wonder. I wonder if we're seeing these new guys because Dwayne Wade knows what it's like to, to see people in, you know, as an ex player to see people in preseason, never get a shot even. And I'm wondering if he's pushing for that. And I don't know how much of an influence he has on coaching decisions. But I know I he's a, like, probably not a lot. I mean, he's a minority owner. I don't think he gets a whole lot of say. I think it's more there. No, he's just he's, there for cultural purposes and to try and attract free agents. I mean. Right. And I think this is one of the cultural purposes. I'm with you on that. Like, I don't think he has anything to do with the business almost at all. I don't think he's going to have much to do with coaching decisions, but like, this is a cultural thing where you're trying to develop more young talent and give more young talent a shot. And so I'm wondering if he if he's influencing that decision at all. And obviously, I'll never know the answer to that unless he says, "Hey, Tyson, I listened to your podcast, and yeah, it was me." Yeah, I mean, I um, highly doubt for one thing he's making any decisions basketball related, really, because Ryan Smith's majority owner, and he's not a. It's not like he was hired as a member of the front office. And then also, yeah, I also highly doubt he listens to this. 
I mean, those are, those are my two I, doubts. <laughs> those, those are two um, pretty fair doubts. I'd say one of those is a doubt and the other one is an impossibility, but uh, leave it up to so you guys, which one, <laughs> which one is which, yeah, yeah, which one's which yeah. Comment below. Um, anyways. So yeah, we can kind of, that's, that's kind of everything for my preseason notes as far as, you know, in the game stuff. And it, it doesn't seem like we can take a whole lot from this, but we can take enough where we can say, yeah, Eric Pascal is playing and it looks fun. Son Whiteside's not distracting everybody. Donovan Mitchell is having fun. Gobert is Gobert, which means he hasn't declined and he hasn't improved, which is fine. And, you know, we've got young guys that are playing well and Rudy Gay's out. So I, I, I like what I've been seeing, but, you know, you always like what you see in the preseason. Yeah, generally for the most part. And a lot of guys, it seems like, don't shoot very well in the preseason, and hopefully that wears off soon into the regular yeah. season. But yeah. So I know something you had mentioned and brought up, um, the Jazz have said that I guess they've been highly physical. Uh, you want to yeah, delve into that a little bit because it seems like sometimes the Jazz are physical, mostly on the interior. And other than that, it doesn't really seem like they are on the you know the more outside part of mm-hmm. the court. You know the, the three point line. The they need to yeah they need yeah the perimeter. That's sort of like where they need to body some people up. Maybe I know their defensive rating has kind of gone down, but the last couple of years, but their offensive rating has gone up because they got more shooters. So I mean. Right. I guess you kind of take one for the other, especially in today's game. You probably want more of the shooting anyways than the defense, especially when, you know, it comes in the playoffs and the defense at that point doesn't even matter because Rudy Gobert can't defend the perimeter. No, no. So we just get burned on the perimeter because our best defender gets just roasted because he, there's no one's driving inside in the playoffs. No, no. And, and if they are, you know, like that's, that's just what you got, but the best teams in the playoffs usually have at least a decent threat from three. Um, and so here's what's happened. So Jordan Clarkson was trying to show off his new tattoos, um, which if you've seen Jordan Clarkson, obviously he's got a ton of tattoos. Um, it's something that he's passionate about. And I, you know, it's, I think it's pretty cool. Um, he's got his tattoos and he was trying to show them off. And he was showing, and then somebody was like, you've got a huge, well, a reporter was like, you've got a huge scratch right there on on your arm. And he's like, yeah, like it, my tattoos can't even cover that. Um, he, and then they're like, well, I'm like, where'd you get that? It was like, that's something that happened in practice. And he's like, yeah. So practices, have been, <laughs> I guess, extremely physical. Um, Gobert said he's given a couple of bloody noses and, and um, split lips. Like they've been practicing, um, dial to 11 i guess donovan mitchell says that it's the most intense practices he's ever seen um it seems like the jazz are really trying to to play with a physical mindset and not only a physical mindset but like like literally physical play like let me bump you as you're coming oh you're driving into the lane let me smack the crap out of you oh you're you know you're you're gonna come inside on us you're gonna get punched I hope. Oh, on the perimeter we're gonna bump and grind you we're gonna you're gonna set a scream on me i'm gonna freaking knee you in the in the crotch or whatever's going on i hope that that translates over into actual play because i haven't seen a tough nba team in years a a team that throws around their bodies and throws elbows and and just doesn't care and just plays with a bit of an edge that that seems to have died years ago yeah i think it's when the players realized hey my body is worth 45 million dollars a year and uh 
for example, Larry Bird is lying down anytime he's he's not playing because he can't sit in chairs anymore. Uh, yeah, I think well. that might might have been a cautionary tale there. Um, but we no, all we all right. want those days of basketball back when they were men and not boys. Here's what I'm thinking. I like what you said about having an edge um, because it, the Jazz have to if they're going to compete for a championship, which is their goal they need to have every edge and every advantage that they can because their talent level, I, I'm just going to say it's not there. They don't have all the talent required. They've got a lot of really good scheming and they've got a lot of really good players that match the scheme, which is not something you can say for every team. But their talent, like they're not the Nets. They're not um, the Lakers. They're not these teams that have four or five guys that you look at like holy crap these guys are beasts or, or two guys in the top five um they're not the clippers where they've got paul george and Kawhi. Le- you know they don't have two superstars and nba legends they've got two really good players you know two all nba players and well got a bunch of okay, guys that's not true. they have one all nba player donovan mitchell's not okay. an all nba player he will be this year watch okay that, that, that was a projection projection prediction projection <laughs> Donovan Mitchell's all uh, NBA third team. Donovan. Yeah, he'd be lucky to sneak in on the third team. Point guards are usually uh toughest. Yeah, toughest the guards, the though. guard spots are like impossible. Yeah, because like I mean, especially like three, four years ago, it's like Steph Curry, James Harden. Well, it's and, it's Steph, it's Harden, it's Kyrie, it's Westbrook, it's, it's Westbrook. Um Luca now. Yeah, Luca, it's it, Chris Paul, it's Devin Booker, it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> like if you took a top ten players. In oh, the and now NBA, Clay, now Clay is coming back too. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Add that now to the talk backlog of guards that we have in the, especially yeah. in the West. There's so many guards. Oh, and Trey yeah. Young in the East, and Ben Simmons if he ever Trae plays. Young, I mean, Lamelo is might be uh might be pushing for that, and Lonzo Ball, um, they're kind of fringe guys. Uh, Kemba Walker. Mike not Conley. anymore not anymore but <laughs> yeah. just guys in four, three to four it, years it's, ago it seems like the league has been pretty stacked at guard so i mean i i wish donovan mitchell the best in trying to make an all nba team because i know it uh yeah. makes his salary go up right and if if you're a center you've never had an easier time of it just go ahead walk on all you've got to compete with is Jokic and Embiid. Uh, yeah i guess wide open that's why Rudy's been on the All NBA third team like four years in a row. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, that being said, like, I think that's going to be a good edge. I think the Jazz are going to need that competitive edge. And you know, bumping and grinding ain't the worst way to play, but they'll just have to be careful with injuries and stuff. And and it's an, it's a long season. Um, but I think it to set that tone in practice and let the guys know what's coming. Because if there's guys on that team. Hassan Whiteside's not afraid to hurt somebody. I mean, when I say hurt somebody, I don't mean intentionally hurt them, but I mean, he's going to go for the play. He's And it doesn't matter what's going to go on. You know, he's going to he's going to be rough. And so is Eric Pascal, and so is Rudy Gobert, and so is, you know, like Bojan and Joe Ingles. Like, they're going to knock you around a little bit. And so if we can enhance that and maybe make that into a bigger part of the game, I feel like we're going to have a lot better. Especially the Jazz kind of sucked last year guarding pick and rolls where they'd suck Rudy up to the, you know, out to the left side and they'd run a pick and roll onto the right. And so now all of a sudden you've got a pretty much free lane to the rim because Gobert's so far away or he's not on the court. Um, so I feel like this is kind of directed to, to patching that issue. But anyways, that's, that's really all I got to say on that point. 
I hope it works out for them and I hope nobody gets hurt. Also cool to see that the Jazz are trying so hard because I don't think every team has a that same culture of we're going to do our absolute best and we're going to bust each other's chops in practice. So I guess with that, we talked a little bit about a little bit about the preseason, mostly about what new players are kind of looking like through the preseason results. We're not really looking at results. No one cares. Um, Nobody cares. And then you mentioned hopefully that that physicality that they're saying is occurring in practice uh, kind of moves over to the regular season. But now since we're only um, six days from the regular season, um, what, yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah, I guess we'll see. So let's move into the next thing where we talk about uh, you have power rankings listed on here. I don't know why you chose Absolutely power rankings. I just say project the standings. It's a lot easier that way. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Because I think I I think about playoffs. Um, I do not care about standings as long as you make the playoffs. Because I feel in the NBA, the NBA has got the best system. Well, now you can make sports. the now you can make yeah, the playoffs the as a ten seed apparently. Because you know, right, right. So you know, it matters. It matters. Um, and standings obviously matter. I'm not trying to say that they don't, but I feel like power rankings is more fun. First off, and that's why I like it. And secondly, power rankings are more indicative of a team's potential and not of a team's current standing. And I feel like with a preseason thing, I don't, I'm not an odds maker for Vegas. I don't try to say the over-unders on wins for a year, but I can give you my comprehensive Western Conference power rankings. And I can just kind of fire through them. I don't want to spend too much time on this because I can go into all sorts of random details that nobody cares about. But okay, ready for this? Number one, Nuggets. Okay, I get that. MVP from Jokic. You get Jamal Murray back healthy. Michael Porter's getting better. I like it. Nuggets Jamal have Murray good potential. Contract deal. Yeah, Nuggets have good potential. Two. Yep. Jazz. I like the Jazz coming in as a not as a dark horse, but as a really strong candidate for the one seed. Um, hmm. And they're now more built for the playoffs than I believe they were in previous years. Yeah, hopefully those new additions, well, the new bench additions help. Hopefully re-signing Conley helps and he's healthier this year. Not an idiot. Yeah, he got hurt during the playoffs last year. So hopefully Donovan can take that next level rise to an all-NBA level player I, instead of just an all-star well, level player. And when it comes to the playoffs, Donovan Mitchell is like a playoff god. I don't know what happens during the regular season versus the playoffs, but in the playoffs, he's like, Oh, I'll just average 45 points on your guys's freaking faces. Yeah. But we lose in the second round. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, number three, the Lakers. I'm not as high on them as most people are. Most people have them. Number one, obviously their potential is huge. You've got LeBron James, Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook, along with a pretty decent amount of shooting. Uh, surrounding them. I know a lot of people are like, you've got no shooting, you've got no shooting. And then they went and made a bajillion trades to bring in my problem. Shooters. Yeah. And my problem with the Lakers is old, old and brittle. We saw it happen last year. If this was 2011, this would be the greatest team ever assembled. Well, more like 2014, probably because Anthony okay, Davis, because he was like a rookie in 2011 or whereabouts. But yeah, um, this is a team that's just, I think, is too old and too brittle. And Honestly, for Anthony Davis, it's not even old and brittle. It's just wimp. So, yeah. <laughs> honestly, yeah. at this point, I don't even know. I don't even think he is he even 30 yet. And this guy's missed like more games than I've watched. A jillion games. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I've watched a ton of games over, you know, the last 15 years. And I think he's probably missed more than that. 
Like, oh, probably, probably. And then who but, you got at uh, number four? This is your uh, last year's NBA Finals runner-up. Yep, the Phoenix Suns. I do not think the Valley Boys will be able to come back and be as good as they were. I also still think that they're a top four team in the West. I mean, I'm not going to say that, oh, you made the finals one year and you're going to slide clear out of it in the second year, but I don't think that they're going to replicate last year. Last year was lightning in a bottle, and I don't think it's happening. I think it was, yeah, last year was definitely a surprise run. Obviously, Chris Paul, you gave a massive contract to despite his age. I know he still plays Which is pretty ridiculous. well, but his stats still aren't He'll the same as what they were a couple of years ago. Yeah, I'm, I'm not into that contract. But DeAndre Ayton is getting – uh, it seems like he's getting better and better. Yeah. But, and he's like Rudy well. Gobert. He's kind of getting to the point where he's developing into a Rudy Gobert type, but with offense. <laughs> yeah. With, with insane leaping ability and the ability like Chris Paul can just throw it like 35 feet above the basket and he'll go and get it. It seems like. Yeah. Um, so Phoenix will be interesting, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't a, think they're going to be as good as they were last year. Who you got a five. I got the Beluka whale, uh, Luka Doncic. And the Mavericks coming in at number five. I think, I think that they'll yeah. be a solid five just because of Luca. I don't care what Kristaps is doing. I feel like Luca's just gonna um, stick a middle finger up to the world and try to try to pose a threat to everybody. And I don't care about what the rest of the Mavericks roster looks like. Well, so. Luca just keeps getting better and better, and they have a new coach with a new system. So it'll be interesting to see how Jason Kidd kind of buy gets people to buy into that, but. Kristaps uh, has had a lot more of an active role, at least in the preseason so far, because we know he kind of got shoved to the side. He's and injured. No, well, he was injured a lot, but he got shoved to the side, especially in the playoffs last year. And then apparently he even wanted to be traded, but um, I can't remember. Yeah, well, that's because he's bad. That was from, but yeah, and so now hopefully he's having a bit of a hopefully he has a bit of a career rebirth with a new coach. Yeah and kind of getting back into the system because they need a second player to, to be one of those teams that's in the upper tier of the conference. Like, yes, yeah. Luke is great. Yes. He could win 10 MVPs, but he can also not win a championship by himself. Right. Right. No. And I'm not saying championship, but like top five, I feel like Luca's good enough to get him to a five, maybe a six. If I'm too, too high on Luca. I mean, I don't feel like it's going to be that. I, I feel like he's going to have a magical season. I'm looking at him as a finalist for MVP this year. Cool. And then at six. Clippers. I hate the Clippers. I don't like the Clippers. I don't like Paul George. I don't like Patrick Beverly. I don't like pretty much. I, I'm, I'm, you know, okay Patrick Beverly's not on the Clippers, right? <laughs> I know, but the ghost of the ghost of Patrick Beverly still haunts me. I hate, ugh, he's one of my least favorite players in the entire NBA history. Yeah. He's just an obnoxious past. Where is he anyways now? No, Minnesota. Yeah, yeah okay. Have fun. Yeah, he can he can rot in peace. Um, <laughs> so I don't. I feel like the Clippers, so long as they have Paul George and Kawhi. Like Paul George played really well last year at the end of last year in the playoffs. Um, yeah, they beat the Jazz without Kawhi, which I would have never thought possible because I thought Paul George was going to fold like a lawn chair. But <laughs> that's what he normally does, even though he gave himself the nickname Playoff P. Dude never, never performed in the playoffs. <laughs> Last year, though, was the rare exception where he decided to show up mm-hmm. for the postseason. The rare finals that, or the where the rare playoff series where Paul George comes to play. Anyways, I don't think the Clippers are going to care about the regular season at all. As Kawhi they have to, Kawhi. yeah, they have to care at least a little bit though, because it is the West, and if you if if Kawhi doesn't play the whole regular season, then Paul George is giving 
you know, half effort knowing they're just kind of waiting for Kawhi to show up. They might not make the playoffs or they might be end up in the play in doing something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why I'm, I mean, this is a ceiling thing. Like if Kawhi is healthy and stuff like, let's say they make the playoffs as a six seed, I wouldn't be surprised to see him on top of the Western conference, but yeah. all right. I don't who, think you got, make who you got seven, seven is warriors. And honestly, I'm kind of wishing I switched the warriors with the Clippers because I'm pretty high on the warriors um, potential as far as clay coming back and uh, you know, Steph being as good as he was last year, if he can repeat that again this year and average those 31 points a game, which was insane because Steph does it so efficiently and he does it with such, I don't know, last year he did it with like an intimidating swagger almost. Like he he was playing and just, you know, like he's always been the babyface assassin. He's always been pull up from three. Last year he was like, oh, I'm, I have to score all the points. Well, I'll score all the freaking points. And he pushed the Warriors way higher than I thought that they would be, considering their roster had gotten nuked. Also, I don't like Draymond Green. He's a great defender, one of the best of all time. Don't like him at all. But I do feel like with Clay coming back and Draymond um, still being there, I feel like that team is going to be good enough to secure a spot in the playoffs and pose a threat to any unsuspecting two or three seed, a.k.a. the Jazz. Yeah, I do wonder what happens with Clay and when he comes back, but hopefully they can yeah, I hope, figure I hope it he comes out. Back well. And then who you got in eight? This would be the second team that's in the plan. Uh, the Grizzlies. I like Jaw. I like the Grizzlies. They're fun. Dylan Brooks has a couple of issues he needs to iron out, but I really, really like Jaw. So I feel like Jaw's going to take uh, not the next step because the next step usually refers to being like a you know, like an all-star or, you know, a big, big-time player. Ja already is a big-time player, but he's going to take a step between where he is right now and all-star. I feel like he's going to up his potential while still not quite being as good as he could be, um, just because I don't think the Grizzlies have – I'm just inclined to, to disbelieve that the Grizzlies can do anything. Shout out. That important. Shout out to Aggie legend Sam Merrill. He scored 30 points oh, last man. night in preseason. I know I just said I don't care about the preseason, but hey, it's a Utah State player in the NBA, and that yeah, never happens. Utah State player in the NBA, and I'm I'm very grateful that he's there because uh, he's another player that's not a BYU player. So <laughs> yeah. That, you got two Aggies in the NBA now, so how about that? Yep. And then number All nine, right. you have – Someone Blazers, who's a local, um, yeah. Yep, so Dame, uh, love Dame, but I don't think that they're going to do anything unless they get Ben Simmons. If they get Ben Simmons, then I think their their projections go up uh, probably to a top seven, but, you know, unless that happens. They're good because of Lillard and McCollum can be good in, as well, but their issue's always been, like, defense and so bad the other issue is that they always have players hurt you're like oh man portland's got a good roster of role players and then you like watch a portland game and seven of them are on the bench in suits and you're like yeah oh you're like I, now i understand why this team is like sixth or seventh even though they have two of the best scoring guards in the league and dames a perennial all nba player and they even had like a good coach it's just like they are never healthy it's like well insane. Now, they, now they have chauncey billups as a coach yeah, that's controversial. Now, so now I don't, I don't think he's going to be uh, good enough to change anything defensively, and I don't think the Blazers are going to do anything more than what Dame allows. No, so. and I also don't think you should just hire someone who has no experience because usually that doesn't work out 
that well. I mean, we've kind of seen the last handful of coaches that they've tried that with. Eh, it doesn't really do a whole lot. Steve Nash pulled it off, but okay. he's working with okay. the roster that he's working with. Yeah, exactly. Steve Nash got basically he was just coach. just told to stand there. Like that, that was it. Like here, stand he here. We have to coach. look like we have a coach. <laughs> He, he had assistant coaches, um, KD and 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 Harden on the spot, but he did he did do a pretty good job. I mean, I could I coach the Nets. All the injuries and everything. Yeah, I could, all yeah. the injuries and managing egos. He's he's there to make sure nobody kills each other, and he and and that happened. So, um, and then your last team in the play-in, the ten spot the in the Timberwolves. last Timberwolves. Timberwolves. <laughs> um, they're a joke. Not a whole lot to say about the Timberwolves. Cat is there. Patrick Beverly is there. They have a roster. Yeah, they're pretty bad. I don't know D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, he's still there. I am. It's unfortunate. He went from he's, he's a player. budding star in Brooklyn that led a young, fun team to the playoffs to the dumps of Minnesota. Right, right. And but, I don't think that he's going to be good enough this year. I don't think Cat's going to be good enough this year. But they're kind of empty calorie guys for me where they're not. Like they're good, obviously. They're. They, I'd love to see them, you know, in a Jazz or a Celtics uniform, but like I don't see them being great players. Anyways, then, them. then you've got eleven through fifteen. These teams have no shot, basically, is what you're no telling shot. me. Not even at the yeah, plan. Not even at the plane. <laughs> maybe Kings, maybe the eleven um, spot guess, maybe has a shot. Right. So eleven spot is Kings, and they they might. Kings and Timberwolves are are just the same team. Um, you've got the Rockets coming in at my number 12. Rockets. Hold on a minute. Kevin Porter Jr. <laughs> the Rockets are 12? How, why Absolutely. are the Spurs 14? Oh, sorry. Spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, so the Rockets are coming in at 12 because they have Christian Wood and Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green. And I feel like that's going to give them enough to beat out the Pels, the Spurs, and the Thunder, my remaining three teams. Um, and maybe in future they'll be better, but no, it, it's just all those teams stink. It's so weird to see the Spurs not do well. It makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. just so like, I, what was it last year? Not last season, but the pandemic season yeah. where they missed the playoffs for the first time since uh, 1997. Yeah, they'd never yeah, missed the playoffs in our lifetime. They had won 50 games every year, but like two. And like one of those yeah. was a strike year. And so it's like, it just gets, yeah, it's it was, just weird to see the Spurs just like, just they're in the mediocrity level now. They're just garbage. It's no. like, whoa, mediocrity what happened? Would be, yeah, mediocrity would be a compliment for that roster. They're it's sad. Yeah, it's pretty sad. And then they lose their leading scorer, DeRozan. And obviously they they dumped uh, Aldridge during the season. So, I mean, they have nothing. They got nothing. So, um, so coming in at 13 are the Pelicans. Zion just got hurt. And they kind of really made all the wrong moves. They got rid of... Um, their coach who they only gave a single year by the way a single year um and and you know you start to look at it and and people are like is it is it the coaching no i think it's the uh i think it's the gm (laughs) i think it's the dysfunction i just think it's new orleans in general (laughs) yeah i mean that roster is bad and they they just threw together a bunch of pieces with no respect to how we're going to make this any better and yet zion is still going to average like 26 points off of 60 percent shooting because for whatever reason he's so good that he's a six foot you know, six guy that can throw his elbow through the rim. Um, Honestly, on a, like on a big man, 
at this point with the way player empowerment goes, I wouldn't be surprised if he like demands a trade soon or if he's like, bro, I am playing these with these these losers. Like we can't do anything with this team. I'm I'm gonna sit here and collect a check and I'm gonna wait for the GM to actually do something worthwhile. <laughs> yeah, because he's on a rookie contract, most of his money is probably coming from that shoe deal that he's Nike got. Nike deal. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. So Interesting. And then we mentioned Spurs at 14 and Thunder 15. Thunder have no yep. chance. The only thing Thunder that's good no about chance. the Thunder is Shea Gilgis Alexander. Yep. And uh, do you know where Shea Gilgis Alexander is right now? Uh, no. I don't think you're going to believe this. What? He is he's on... injured. No, he's on the Thunder. I'm just messing with you. Uh, I was like, man, I really missed something. No, I think he's. I was like, I'm pretty sure I saw that he signed like a max extension. (laughs) Yeah, he did. And um, he's a good player. He is a 18 point a game player in my mind this year. Uh, The only reason player to watch above the Thunder's because Popovich. He's a fun player to watch. Yeah, Shay. Thunder. That's all I got. Anything. Yeah, they have nothing. Good luck, Derek Favors. Have fun there. Yeah, it's it's gonna be miserable. Derek Favors, you can pull this up. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so that's the end of the the power rankings we just have a couple of quick notes here before we sign off um Dwayne Wade two things that don't mean anything yeah Dwayne Wade's son Zaire Wade signed with the G League Salt Lake City Stars apparently it's not uh yeah that's not oh look I got on the team because my daddy's the owner I don't know what that is then because <laughs> yeah. yeah. we looked at <laughs> he couldn't get playing time on his high school team which I understand it's a pretty good high school team but uh and then he, yeah, Sierra Canyon. he, he didn't yeah. do college ball. And apparently I was reading 24 seven sports and he was ranked 289th overall out of high school and 31st in California, three-star prospect. So, I mean, not even like that great. No, no, so, not, not worth. No, I understand. But, I mean, it's the G league, but I'm still kind of ticked because he's still taking somebody's money. And somebody's roster spot just because his dad is Dwayne Wade and he has a part owner of the Jazz, which is kind of BS. Honestly, here's the deal. If Dwayne Wade isn't part owner with the Jazz, I think he gets a spot anyways just because no, I don't. he's Dwayne Wade's kid. No, I well, think he does. Maybe on the Heat's G on, on the basis of On the basis of him being Dwayne Wade's son. That's all I'm saying. Like, yeah, if, do if yeah. Dwayne Wade is a owner, part owner of the Wizards, then he's on the Wizards G League thing. Watch him win like G League MVP and get promoted to the Jazz, and and all of a sudden have a crazy good season or something like that next year. If that happens, if that happens, feel free to come after me because no, that happens. You're eating a sock. Yeah, it's Um, not gonna happen. The other note is that the Jazz, so they have this Silicon Slopes meet every year, um, Silicon Summit. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I think it's the Silicon Slope Summit. It's some tech. The triple S thing, I believe. Tech Summit. It's a a big tech meet, you know, and and so Ryan Smith, the owner, he's the majority owner, I should say. He's a big tech guy. Um, All of his money's come from tech. And so he said during that that they're going to rebrand the Jazz um, to try to give them a more kind of define their national presence a little bit more. And this involves the changing of a color scheme to involve black and white. So yep, he hasn't really said much else other than that. Some, some eagle eyed people or just, you know, people that can look at things and be like, Oh, that's interesting. Uh, Like they changed their, the J note statue outside the arena to black and white. They changed the practice court 
color scheme to black and white. Um, Go look on their website. Their, their website, website is, like is, has a lot of white. black and white, especially the schedule release. And so everyone's like, yeah. oh, well, this must be coming. It's, and then he kind of just was like, yeah, yeah this is kind of coming, but you know, they don't have full details and I don't think they have a full plan yet, but I don't want to be the, I don't want to be the Brooklyn Nets. That's, that's pretty stupid. Yeah. But we, we got a, we got a nice little, what's it called? A nice little, um, I don't think there's very many teams in the league that have black and white as a color scheme. Spurs and I feel like if we can kind of Spurs and Nets and Spurs go for gray more often than black. Um, yeah, so, I think those are I, I don't know. I like I think, it. Um, I don't. I can't think of any other team that has black and white. I guess the Clippers have those black and white Los Angeles jerseys. Oh, those are, those are horrible. That court. That is the worst court oh, I've I, seen. I like it. Oh, I like it. So bad. But anyway, so like be on the lookout, I guess, for possible hints at new Jazz jerseys, merch, logo in the future, color scheme. We don't really yeah, know. probably a court. Probably yeah, we, a court. We don't really know at this point. He didn't really give Hats. much info on yeah. that. So we don't know how far along that is, but it doesn't sound like we're going to be keeping the blue, gold, and green color scheme. Yeah. Yeah. Would be. Which also assumption. includes purple and two shades of blue and all the, like, copper, all the colors on the city jersey. <laughs> and, and all the colors on the city jerseys and like two different shades of, of, of green. And it's, it's nuts. It's too much. But, I get that. But. Just we're throwing two new colors into. <laughs> yeah, just keep like I don't see what yeah, they can't just, just keep it down. The, they can't just keep the blue, green, and gold, and then have like the city jerseys. Like the city jerseys are cool. They don't need to be like their own color palette. Like it doesn't need to be like wow. Now the Jazz are associated with orange. No, it can just be like a one-off jersey, like yeah. every other team has. I'm it's, with you. I'm with you. But it's not like everyone's going to Miami and being like, well, the heat now, one of their colors is teal and pink. I mean, what is going on in Miami? It's like, right. Right. It's just a standalone thing. So just leave the city edition Jersey and go back to the green, gold, and blue and stop deviating so much from it. If it's such a problem, but well, I like the black and white, but yeah, if if we're going to start whittling it down, we shouldn't include the black and white unless we're going to go for the, you know, early nineties late 90s black and copper and purple but all i know anyways. is that it's boring in my opinion i don't yeah. want to be the nets and well, whatever well I, I like that we have colors but yeah yeah anyways so, so that's just that's the, been everything yeah i think we covered everything so um yeah we're gonna try yeah, and get this season jazz basketball um i'm sorry but like it <laughs> yeah don't watch the preseason they they open uh the 20th, which is the 20th. a week from yesterday. So let's see that. 20th is Wednesday. They play Oklahoma City, who's projected mm-hmm. basically by everyone to be the worst team in the NBA. So that should be a win. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, we'll have to see how it goes. Regular season will be interesting. I'm more interested in the playoffs. So I guess wake me up when it's April. <laughs> yeah, so we'll be doing this um, pretty regularly so be on the yeah this will be a this will be a weekly segment throughout the season other than probably the all-star break but other than that it'll probably be weekly you know the jazz usually play somewhere between two and four games a week so we'll just hop on here and kind of give our thoughts and reactions and who's playing well and all that jazz ah nice (laughs) should we rename the podcast to all that jazz i don't know it's not too bad Let us let us know how let us know what you think in the comments below. Um, <laughs> the comments below, yes, yeah. This will get posted <laughs> on like us. Twitter and Facebook. So follow uh, 
Stadium sports with two stadium Zs. Sports. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going in on the whole right. Utah Z, double Z thing. So Yeah. So right. this has been great. Inside the Arch Returns, I'm Spencer. I'm Tyson. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.